Hey everyone, welcome to Game Off Podcast number 21, where we're going to be talking about Judgment and Shenmue 3 in our big matchup today, as well as a bunch of game announcements coming from Sony and Nintendo and our standard fireside chat as usual. I'm your host, Andrew, a.k.a. Solitalker, along with my co-host, Brent, a.k.a. Arcadia. And uh, let's just jump right into those game announcements. Do you want to do yeah. Nintendo first or Sony? Uh, let's do Sony, because that's the screen that I have up in front of me. That's a pretty fair decision there. That's a good reason. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of big announcements today. I, th- I think a few of them got leaked a few days early. Nothing new there. Um, no. But yeah, why don't I just uh, read them out real quick? Um, there was a, uh, the announce, the formal announcement of Untitled Goose Game for consoles. A game called Spellbreak, which is... It's nice that Sony is going to be getting Untitled Goose Game around the time that everyone else is sick of seeing it memed online. (laughs) So anyone who only owns a PlayStation will just miss out on all of that fun. Yeah. (laughs) It's also... There was also some really, really subtle shade today thrown by the the Xbox Game Pass uh, Twitter account. I don't know if you noticed this, but... No, I didn't. Ten ten minutes after uh, the reveal trailer premiered, Game... uh, the Game Pass Twitter was like, oh, it's going to be on Game Pass, guys. <laughs> so it was like, oh, there's all the wind out of your sail. <laughs> and I love the idea that it's just going through Twitter as well. Like, no effort. Just, oh, yeah, yeah, we got that too. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah, we got it too. And it's free if you subscribe. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> there's this other game called uh, Spellbreak, which is a uh, battle royale with spells, pretty much. Okay. Did, did you watch the trailer? I watched like 15 seconds of it, and I was like, I get it. That's how I felt actually about a lot of the trailers that we saw between both on Sony and Nintendo. Just, uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, there's uh, Dreams, which has been in development for um, longer than I've been alive, I'm pretty sure. Oh, um, yeah, that's, um, what's her, what's her media molecules thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the game looks really, really interesting. Um, I've seen some really interesting games being already being developed inside of Dreams. So I'm really, this, probably the most interesting announcement is that this game's actually coming out. I'm still interested as to what, what the breakdown of stuff is going to be between the user-created stuff that people paid to have access to create early and stuff actually created by Media Molecule. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be like any other software where they're just going to inject it with as much stuff as they can and like front load it and then just pray support happens naturally. What was Microsoft's thing that they announced like two years ago oh, that was kind of like that? Project Spark, and that was like five years ago now. And that they dropped support on that like fucking, <laughs> seemed like ten minutes into that <laughs> life cycle. Let's yeah. hope this one goes a little better because I, I always like the idea. And I never, yeah. I never got to play Little Big Planet, so I, I, this seems like a really cool iteration. Yeah, yeah, it, it seems like a, a much more intuitive version of like some other sort of like an RPG game maker. Where it's like, oh, I could do this, but there's actually like three D interesting tools, and it's gonna make creation fun, right? Um, as opposed to you know just just chugging along and you know learning Unity. <laughs> <laughs> can definitely like a, be a slog. Like a caveman. <laughs> like a caveman. Um, this other game, uh, Superliminal, um, that was announced a while back for PC. Uh, so this is basically just an announcement that it's also coming to consoles. I'm, I'm still shocked that this is actually happening. Like, this, this is one of those games that I remember 
seeing this like the one tech demo video of it coming out or being shown on 500 different websites 10 yeah. years ago yeah yeah it looks like like some somebody really figured out gary's mod yeah um it, i'm excited for it I, i'm definitely definitely interested in that kind of mind-bending puzzle play yeah for, for people who don't know that it plays a lot it's basically a first person um puzzler that sort of plays on perspective so basically if you i think in this trailer basically if you picked up a vhs tape and you like sort of angled it a certain way so that it looked like it was on the other side of the room you could drop it and then walk up to it and then it would be the size of the room like it would fill up that space that it looked like it was taking up from the perspective you were in very hard to explain. Yeah. Definitely check out a trailer. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, we could spend the next 10 minutes trying to get it across, but you see it and you instantly understand what's going on. Yes. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, but it doesn't... Your brain will appreciate the visuals. Did you ever play Antichamber? No. Oh, man. Antichamber had a lot of similar kind of playing with the idea of... of perspective and um sco scope and scale of things and, and kind of seeing things from just the right angle that this reminds me a lot of if you have anyone out there listening who hasn't played antichamber it's a phenomenal game one of those games i wish i could just wipe my brain of and play again because there are so many of those holy shit i finally understand what's going on moments I, yeah i've heard a few websites compare it to the stanley parable too i haven't played that would you make that comparison um I mean, I think of Stanley Parable much more as a narrative puzzle game than a hmm. puzzle puzzle game, but that may just be my memory of it. And like narrative puzzle in the like portal sense, or no, even more I, so. I, more like um, almost like a like a. I, I know it's a it's a tinged comparison, but something like Gone Home, where it's not really a a puzzle per se, but kind of working your way through a very narrative story. Mm. Interesting. That that a lot because the majority of it, almost like Bastion, like the majority of it comes from the reactions and interactions with the narrator. Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't see it as much. I, I would push it more towards something like Antichamber or Talus Principle or Cube than I would Stanley Parable. But okay. everyone I'm seeing is comparing to Stanley Parable, so it could be just my memory of Stanley Parable. And the fact that I played it in Beginner's Guide very soon, you know, very close to each other, might have tainted my memories. <laughs> what else we got for uh, announces? Um, Paper Beast, which is a weird-looking game. Uh, I didn't actually see the trailer for this. I must have gone and refilled my coffee around when this was playing. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it's a PSVR game. It's PSVR, but it's by the people who made an Another World. The old uh, Eric Chahi and Delphine Software guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I don't think Eric Chahi's done anything since From Dust. Hmm. If you remember that game from a decade ago. Oh, I do. I love From Dust. Uh, he's got he's got such an interesting eye, and I've enjoyed a lot of the stuff that. Oh, I mean, he's only done you know a handful of games that <laughs> got any real play. But like, I've I enjoyed Future Wars. I enjoyed Another World. I enjoyed Heart of Darkness. I enjoyed From Dust. I enjoyed what's that other one that I can the flashback. That also rings a bell. It, the flashback's one of those games that like every time there's a new console generation, it gets another re-release. Uh. But uh, like another world, very visually striking, 
early 3D rendered cutscenes <laughs> action adventure game. Really cool. So yeah, I, I would definitely check out if I had PSVR Paper Beasts. I don't though, so I'm not going to. Yeah, oh, me neither. Anyway, uh, they, there was a trailer that they already premiered for Kingdom Hearts 3's DLC, which is going to be a $30 DLC, so it's presumed to be quite large. Wow. Of the features of note, uh, there will be a premium menu. I do not know what that meant. Oh, what the fuck does that mean? I don't know what that means at all. What the fuck it, is a premium menu? It the the list of things in this X pack or DLC, whatever you want to call it, was like absolute nonsense. It was like it was like uh, new world, thirteen new bosses, additional bosses, and new worlds. So it's like, well, they're so all is additional. Thirteen or is it more? <laughs> is it more? I, don't fuck with me. You, this wasn't how to make a hundred words out of fucking one sentence you read on Wikipedia. Like, tell me what you're developing, you <laughs> bastards. Yeah, it looked cool, but I, yeah. I'm so divorced from Kingdom Hearts. Like, it's just you could tell me that that this is actually a rhythm game. It's, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Probably. yeah. I think at this point, I'm. I sort of. I, I sort of need to see it to really get what it's about. Because basically what they've shown off is not the stuff... I don't want to spoil anything because I could easily talk about like Kingdom Hearts spoilers. Because 3 only came out a little while ago, so go play it. We we really liked it here at Brent's portion of Game Off. <laughs> <laughs> I saw but, no need to interject and disagree with you at the time. <laughs> exactly. I, I think I still have to see to believe in this DLC. After watching this trailer twice now. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely looks like Kingdom Hearts. Yes, that I will not disagree with. Predator Hunting Grounds. I, Apparently I, the Friday the 13th team made another game. Pretty quickly after Friday the 13th. Are people still playing Friday the 13th? They're still supporting it quite a bit. I saw Really? Like, Good for them. Like some DLC dropped for it not that long ago. And I mean, really, it only had full release, like... At the end of last year? Like, I think it came out Halloween last year. I like the idea of this. And the thing that, that interests me more with a Predator one of that kind of, you know, asymmetric one versus many multiplayer is it most of the stuff they were showing was happening in daylight. Yeah. Which, that alone was exciting for me. Just I, I, like, I like the idea of survival co-op, but they're all horror games at night. Yes. It's just like, oh, you can't see very far. Everything's scary. Well, yes. The dark is scary. That's how humans are built. <laughs> and I like that they were able to, um, you know, add female predators, but make them still visually obviously female by giving them breasts and smaller waists. <laughs> I don't know if that's canonically how female predators work, but I'm glad that that's there, that I can look at them like, oh, that's, that's the one with breasts. That's the one with the childbearing hips. I know that that's the female of the alien species trying to kill all of us. Yeah, I've only seen the first one. Were there ever female predators? I, is, I don't know. I'm actually going to do a... If I do a search for real, female... Real-time Google. Female predator. This is a lot of stuff that I don't... Female predator. I don't like that... Uh, <laughs> oh, God, I, I don't rule like, 34, isn't it? Yeah, I don't... No, I, now I just have stuff about, like, female predators. Like, oh, like, oh, like, <laughs> like Chris people, Hansen shit? Yeah, I don't like this. Oh, oh we fucked up. Let's not talk about this anymore. It looks like uh, they added... Uh, this website is referring to him as Lady Predator. 
uh, in the most recent <laughs> Predator film uh, a year or two ago. Whenever that was. The one that had yeah. um, Keegan-Michael Key in it. Yeah, it was like Predator's remake, but also it took place in the same universe. So, I yeah. yeah. One, of the, one of those. They just didn't want to give it a, a sequel. But yeah, so I guess I guess that's not a new thing that they invented. But uh, still, thank God <laughs> that it's a it's a very sexy, visually obviously female predator. Yeah. Um, moving on, <laughs> ba- Babylon's Fall. Uh, this is actually a pretty exciting announced because it was announced a couple of years ago at E3, um, but no one's seen nor heard of it since. It's Platinum Games, who's famous for Bayonetta primarily, and I guess. Um, what was the one they did this year? Um, yeah. Something, oh, my God. Something Astral Chain. Chain. Astral Chain. Astral yeah. Chain. Yeah. We should have played that one. Yeah. Um, what was yeah, the, they're famous. What was the Platinum game that for Microsoft that got canceled? Uh, Scalebound. Scalebound. Yeah. That that looked really cool and interesting, but, you know, some, sometimes games don't pan out. Hmm. I really respected the, um, the developer, uh, Platinum, obviously. <laughs> um, whoever was uh, directing it, though, came out and said, you know what? It would... All, all parties dropped the ball. Like Microsoft didn't cancel it because it was an amazing game and they hated Japanese studios, like Reddit assumed. <laughs> they canceled it because it wasn't a good game and we didn't deliver. So it was, it was one of those like like earnest sort of moments in gaming where it's like, you know, I really wish that game worked out, but it didn't. Yeah, and no, that's I appreciate that. I always I always like it when you have a good answer as to why a game didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but th- this game's getting compared to Dark Souls already. It's, sp- it ha- it's supposed to have the fast-paced action of Platinum's other games, along with a very Dark Soulsy vibe. Take that for what you will. I mean, it does. Is Dark Soulsy now just muted colors and sword combat? Like, is that all yeah. it takes to be called a Dark? Like, it's mostly melee. It has muted colors, and it big seems armor. like people big armor and people have weight. Mm-hmm. Is that all yeah. it takes? Yeah, literally. We've, you've just described the whole genre. <laughs> <laughs> you found the key to the kingdom, Andy. Was there was there Run! a camp was there a campfire in the trailer? I don't remember seeing a campfire. Like that's all it was really uh, missing. I didn't pick up on that. Resident Evil Three remake that got spoiled like fifteen times in the coming weeks. But man, did it look cool? Like I'm I'm excited that they're because uh, if if they've rewritten Resident Evil Three, then unless they're assholes. The next one's Code <laughs> Veronica, which is my favorite Resident Evil game. <laughs> well, they didn't do one, and yeah, also yeah, I, I really they hope did. they just skipped a four. They, they did, did do like a, a full one remake, did they? I thought they just released released. No, it. they did a remake. Um, it was just completely overshadowed by two. Then, yeah, it, I may be going further back. That I mean, because there was that period of time where Resident Evil was just the game that they kept re-releasing. Yes, yeah, which which is why I think I only paid attention when 2 got so much hype. And I was like, oh, they remade it, and they remade it interestingly. They did a... So they did the, the remake for GameCube, which then got a high-def uh, remaster in 2015 for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Yeah, that's, that's the one I think of. But that, even that was basically a re-release. It wasn't like they change the whole game like they do they did with no two. no that's that's very true that's very true but yeah. Uh, yeah i that resident evil 3 remake looks cool i never played the two remake but i like everyone i talked to said it was amazing 
and yeah. it, it looked re- like a really cool way to do it. I'm, I love seeing Capcom back on their game. They're, they're they've got a lot of properties that they control, oh, and I'm yeah. happy to see them doing really well and making smart decisions and doing what I wish more <laughs> publishers were doing right now. Yeah, cough, cough, Konami, cough, cough. <laughs> What a turnaround, man. Even, like, Devil May Cry, fucking oh, Monster yeah. Hunter. Are you kidding me? Like, they've figured out the Western market, finally. Yeah, which is great. I'm I'm so happy for that. Even though a lot of the games they're putting out aren't for me. It's just great to see them yeah, as right. a company that, like, oh, shit, Capcom's got a new game coming out. Let me see what that's about. Yeah, if, if we didn't do Resident Evil 2 for the podcast, which we just started too late in the year, then uh, I probably will never play it, but I respect <laughs> that they're putting out really good games. And seriously, Code Veronica, let's hear it. Let's have it happen. Oh, for I want to play Code Veronica so bad. <laughs> Where's my Resident Evil 5 remake? That's what I want. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I'm, I'm the guy. You're that one guy. <laughs> but uh, three three features Jill Valentine, who is the, the best character in the franchise. Anyway, moving on. I'm not going to let you retort to that. <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima got a teaser. And so what what, what, can, what should what have... can you tell me about this game? Because I don't really know anything about Ghost of Tsushima. I know the teaser and the trailer that they put out at E3. And that's it. I have not seen any gameplay. So I I don't... It It's Japanese, which is cool. <laughs> I'm all about that. <laughs> That is on brand for Sony. Yeah, I mean, Sekiro sort of beat them to the punch with like the the hyper Japanese sort of fantasy. Um, it's not going to be a Musu game like uh, Dynasty Warriors. Come even on, though you sort of get those vibes. Um, but yeah, I guess they literally ended the teaser with "to be continued," and most people are assuming that means that it's going to uh, show. They're going to show more at the Game Awards on Thursday. Which we're recording before this, and the episode will probably be premiering after that. So, the Nindies, the, the Nindies. Now, this this is where stuff got really exciting for me. Golf Story Two, aka what? Sports Story. Okay, I was gonna say, I was like, wait, wasn't it Sports Story? <laughs> I thought they announced two games for a second. Uh, Golf Story is. I played very little of it, mostly just due to time constraints. And I, when I got finally got a Switch, it was I was like fifteen games deep on things that needed to catch <laughs> up on. So, like, I still haven't played Breath of the Wild. But that still hasn't come out on anything else, has it? Golf Story? No, I don't think so. Um, I think it is an exclusive. Uh, but what I played of it, I really liked, and I'm super excited at the idea of more of that. I love these weird, R- you know, top-down RPGs. It was such a cool little idea, and I, I'm just excited mm-hmm. for more. So, I'm, I'm definitely picking that up. Same with Axiom Verge 2, which was another one that was, you know, an indie that really good prior game that I liked and want to play more of and will definitely play on Switch. I have not played either. (laughs) Oh, okay. Streets of Rage is a great series and I am so excited at the idea of more beat-em-ups and I'm really excited at this idea that there are more of these classic beat-em-ups from that Genesis era or classic games from that Genesis era that could be working their way back into the current world yeah, and man. on Switch. Yeah, there there's so many ways that that genre can evolve. I'd love to see more of those games. Uh, did you play any of those um, new River City Rampage games? 
No, I saw there was like a, a River City Gals game or something like that. There was like three of them that all came out with various pedigrees and connections to the original, but none of them, like, I couldn't ever figure out which one was supposed to be the true follow-up. <laughs> Same. But, yeah, I regret not playing those, because River, River City Ransom had, like, it was just special in its time. Like, mm. something about being able to go in stores and, like, picking up all these different weapons. Like, it just what a really kind of roam around wherever you wanted. Yeah. That, was, that was such a great game. It was almost like the first open world game. Or at least, I would say it was, like, an immersive world. Yes. Like, before then, you never went into stores and stuff and, like, could take a break from the action. Well, you could tell it took a lot from Dark Souls because you had this very difficult combat <laughs> that had a lot of weight to it. Um, it was kind of an open exploration. You could find yourself exploring areas you weren't quite ready for yet. When you left an area and you, you went and you saved and came back, enemies respawned and repopulated. It, it was a very Souls-esque game. You know what? You're right. <laughs> You're right. Dark Souls does transcend time and space. It has ripple effects forward and backwards in time. <laughs> you drop a pebble in the water, and it doesn't just ripple in one direction. All directions. <laughs> so, for, for people who are not familiar with River City Ransom, and yeah. most people probably aren't, the game came out 20 years ago. If, if not more than that. <laughs> if not more. Maybe 25 years ago. <laughs> just to bring you in on our jokes. What else did the Nindies bring us, Andy? Oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure if you'd left a gap there for me to go into a deep explanation of what River City Ransom was. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, we could do River City Ransom off. Oh, God. I, I would love to just spend an episode talking about all of the... No, we can't just talk about River City Ransom <laughs> games. Uh, you had Gleamlight. What's that? Gleamlight was... Uh, I don't actually remember this one, but this right up here says it was a game in which players become a sword and fight enemies. Oh, there was there's another game that did that, right? Uh, were you talking about? What am uh, I thinking of? Are you talking about Boyfriend Dungeon? Maybe. Yeah, you know that's pretty much exactly what I'm thinking of. Boyfriend Dungeon, I have been waiting for for a while, because that's well, not out yet. No, no, not till next year. Boyfriend wow. Dungeon. Dungeon crawling, but also date your weapons. I it just it sounds fantastic. I'm I'm all for that. Uh, there was thirteen year old me is coming in the past right now. <laughs> there was Skatebird, which I have high hopes oh, for. So fun! I, yeah, I saw that at PAX last year. I, I'm really hoping that it isn't just Tony Hawk, but with a bird. <laughs> like I, I'm hoping that there is there's more to the bird aspect of things than was what, what I saw in the original trailers and, and more recent stuff. I know it's still yeah. an alpha, so there's still a lot of work to do. But I definitely want. I like the idea of having flapping your wings be able to really augment tricks in ways in some yeah. way or another. Just just like speed up or slow down, like a. The 360 no scopes or whatever they call the moves. <laughs> I, and I also, I'm just, I've been dying for a, a good arcade skateboard game. Like, I oh. would, it's because that Tony Hawk Pro Skater HD game was kind of. Uh, yeah. I don't know why they didn't skip to two. <laughs> but neither here nor there. Uh, they, they're rumored to be in development for a new Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah. I'd love a, I'd love another uh, underground or American wasteland as well. Those are a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Oh man, underground is my jam for sure. 
That was the one. But we're burying the lead here because the best one is uh, the the clear winner in this whole thing was obviously Murder by Numbers. <laughs> if you haven't watched the trailer for Murder by Numbers, go fucking watch it right now. It's a visual novel mystery Picross game from the people who made How to Full Boyfriend with the composer of the music from Phoenix Wright. Which are all just the most fun and absurd games. Yeah, and it looks like it's got a very, this like... more of the same for sure. Maybe Which is great. It's got a, such a weird visual style to it, like the, like the fashion and everything that everyone's wearing. It's got a very yeah. late 80s, early 90s feel to it. <laughs> Timeless, Andy. Uh, yeah, oh, I. if this was available now, I would skip recording to play this. <laughs> the idea of solving Picross puzzles to find clues to a murder investigation <laughs> is so good. It's oh, so God. good. The one from the trailer, it's like you, you finish up a, a puzzle and it's like, oh, these are strangulation marks. <laughs> <was> like, what? <laughs> I loved Had a Leak, Full Boyfriend, man. but it, you know, it was a definitely a um, a game, like a premise game more than an execution game. Like, yeah. after about an hour and a half of play, I'm like, okay, I get it. Yeah. I it, get- did, it did spawn off a lot of other games, too. Yeah. But this, this looks amazing. Murder yeah, by Numbers is a day one purchase for me. There no question. Game game off, best of Nindies. Yeah, best of Nindies, get murdered by numbers. <laughs> and uh, actually, you know what? didn't Windjammers 2 get announced for Switch uh, here? I thought I thought I saw that in there too, it. but maybe it was just like a, a quick thing at the end. But I thought that they had a, they'd announced Windjammers 2 was coming for <laughs> for Switch. That was there and one more thing. Yeah, Windjammers 2. <laughs> Dude, I love Windjammers. Did you ever play Windjammers? No, I didn't. Windjammers is so cool. Oh, I love don't that. Alright, fine. Fine, we don't have to talk <laughs> we don't have to talk about Windjammers. Thank you. Alright, you ready to do our uh, fireside chat? Or do you have more did you have any more thoughts before I cut you off completely? No, no, yeah. That was that was it. Okay. <laughs> That's the Nindies. I I I think I was only really excited for like two of those games, and it was probably because I'd seen all, all of them before. Yeah. Or yeah. most of them. So, like, even State of Play, my general impression was, like, oh, I knew all of these were already coming. I don't really know why they did this. Like, it's great that they featured, like, one or two small developers, but for the most part, it was just a showcase of AAA games that everyone already knew was coming out. Just to remind everyone that they're coming out, I guess. Yeah, which can just happen organically on YouTube. Like, just just release new trailers. People get pretty hyped about that. (laughs) Yeah, man. All right. Fucking fireside chat time. Yeah, I got it. Hey, Andy. Oh, yeah, go ahead. What do you got? Someone is putting cowboy hats on pigeons in Las Vegas. Mm Mm-hmm. No one knows why. A rodeo was in town, but denied any connection. Mm -hmm. The Las Vegas police said it does not appear to be a police matter at this time. (laughs) Charles Wolcott was quoted as saying, they look like happy pigeons to me. Uh, he's a Cornell University ornithologist. It is hard to know, of course, because they will not talk to us. <laughs> this is a New York Times article. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So I, I did see that they were putting hats on pigeons. Um, <laughs> and you know what? I'm okay with it. 
Obviously, there is that bit of concern of, hey, are they okay? Are they uncomfortable at all? Cats get uncomfortable after a while. But then again, I have ears. Right. Pigeons don't, I don't think. I don't know how pigeons work. I'm, I'm happy that this is happening, though, because I think it's one of those things just adds a bit of weirdness to the world. A very... A very Mostly harmless, again, assuming the pigeons aren't taking any permanent damage, a very harmless bit of weirdness that we all benefit from. Assuming the opposite's not happening, but they're harmless. If I was walking through the city and I saw a pigeon land on a bench next to me and it was wearing a hat, I don't know how that wouldn't make my week. (laughs) I was just reading this article, made my week. (laughs) I can't stop laughing. Please keep talking. It's it's just magic. It's one of those little bits of daily weird magic that I think make the world a better place. And there may be knock-on effects. It's like when they used to used to dye the uh, they used to put soap and red dye in the fountain in the center of town as a, as a senior prank, and it would overflow with red bubbles. And that was really cool. And and then I heard that there was like it was a pain in the ass to clean, and it had a lot of high maintenance costs. So yeah. that part's not great. But the rest All the of birds it, drinking out of it, were dying. Yeah, yeah, that that part too. But the pigeons, <laughs> the pigeons with the uh, the hats on, I like it. I, I hope they expand to different hats. I hope they expand to other animals. Yeah, I just want to see like little mullets on them next. Yeah, a little like a wig, like a, a wig yeah. for a pigeon. Maybe some some uh, sombreros if it's not considered cultural appropriation. <laughs> I'm all for it. I think we should do it. Do you have any? I love how oh, deadpan this article is. Yeah, I I think that this is probably worthy of a Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> I plan on reading this in its entirety after this podcast. If you haven't read it, it's from the 12th of October or no the 10th of. December. I'm reading that backwards like a European. <laughs> Sorry, I just got back, guys. You're so fancy. <laughs> with your European calendars. I mean, this is, uh, to your point, it's objectively hilarious. If that happened, I I assume the bird would fly away too fast for me to take a picture, and then for the rest of my life I'd be like, I saw pigeons with hats! <laughs> and everyone would be like, alright, sure. <laughs> alright, Grandpa. <laughs> I swear to God, this is great. Don't don't hurt the pigeons unless there's too many of them. Then I don't know. <laughs> Unleash the cat swarm. If there's too many and, of them, and, and there needs to be like a, a cull or something, <laughs> then like in that, and that's something that's decided by like science and not just like someone saying there's too many pigeons. <laughs> there's too many goddamn pigeons in my front yard. <laughs> like if if that's a thing that happens and we need to to cull them for some reason, then let's do it like a humane way and not just by putting hats on them. <laughs> What if they were just, like, slow, like, rat poison drips into their face? God, what an adorable death for those pigeons. <laughs> All their eyes just exploded and melted out. This is you, wasn't it? You did this. Uh, you, no, you have no, 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 very no. specific thoughts on, what, on how this works. <laughs> not, on, not in public. Ask your questions later. Okay, I'll quickly change the subject. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, that's a tough one. Well, not really. Probably, well, depends on how you define Christmas movies. And I'm not saying there's, like, 
gatekeeping Christmas movies because people are like, oh, that's not a Christmas movie. It's a fucking Christmas. It takes place during Christmas. Why are we gatekeeping Christmas? It's supposed to be the fucking holliest, gayest time of the year. Let it happen. That being said, when I think of a Christmas movie, I want very specific types of Christmas movies. I don't know. I was watching part of Christmas Vacation the other night. That that brings up a lot of nostalgia and still pretty funny. Yeah, that is a really nostalgic film. Yeah, we get, we get forced to watch that like five times a year when I was young to the point where I hated it for like three years. And then a, a lot like uh, I would walk 500 miles, like it comes back around. <laughs> if not that, like probably Love Actually. But Love Actually is like less... It's like it's more of a takes place during Christmas than it is like straight up a Christmas movie. But that's there's nothing wrong with it. Like I, the I totally understand there is gatekeeping for Christmas movies, and there is this kind of idea of whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. But like I feel like it'd be in the same way where if I if I asked you like, hey, what's your favorite kind of sandwich, and you're like, hmm, Pop Tart. <laughs> Technically, it's stuff between bread. Like, okay, like, fuck you. You know what I was asking you. <laughs> like, come on. Your favorite. All right, you know what? Die Hard's my favorite Christmas movie. What are you going to do about it? Like, okay. Okay. And my favorite Halloween movie is Grumpier Old Men. <laughs> Does that really take place during Halloween? I think there's a couple of scenes. At one, <laughs> what, I, I think Walter Matthau forgot it was Halloween and has to give away something other than candy. Oh, God. But, like, it's just like, yeah, okay. You got me. Well, Die Hard's one of those movies where if people weren't always talking about how it's a Christmas movie or not, I would have forgotten that it was during Christmas unless I watched it regularly. Yeah, like, I, I get, like, even if I remember scenes that, like, the, the ho, 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 now I have a machine gun on the on the sweater, <laughs> like, that's clearly Christmas, but it's also, like, I don't, you know, it, it's mostly a, about Hans Gruber. It's a movie yeah. about Hans Gruber and how good Alan Rickman is at everything. Yeah, that's true. There should have been more Hans Grubers in the world. <laughs> not, the, not the terrorism part, but... No, but those... You know, the, the rest of it. Those characters. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, how do I walk out of this one? <laughs> I, we watch a lot of, of the Hallmark Christmas movies here at, our, at my house. Oh, God. And um, God, we watched one that was called uh, A Carol Christmas a a like carol a human or like a caroling christmas it's, I'm confused. it's tory spelling as uh great as the ebenezer scrooge character being visited by three ghosts to teach her to stop being okay, such a so such a heinous person and you have to assume tory spelling successful yep go, go on you have to assume that she's successful and competent enough to have a job and, and keep that job and be successful at it oh boy um <laughs> <laughs> and two of the ghosts that visit her are William Shatner and, and Gary Coleman. Oh boy. It's what is this movie? There's there's so many great horrible Christmas movies that are just like and they get some of the they get good actors. They get Kevin Pollack, who is a good actor. <laughs> well he is, but But I mean, yeah, he was also been, in, been out of vogue. He was also in Willow, so like it's kind of you know, it's both sides. <laughs> Whoa, that was like the start of his career. That's mean. <laughs> Whoa, taking shots at Willow. Come on, Andy. <laughs> Whoa, beloved Phil. Everyone loves Willow. There's, 
There better be a sequel. You're gonna be going after. Not, it's your fault. You're gonna go after Legend next. <laughs> Legend. But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of great um great horrible Christmas movies out there. I really like the Grinch one though. The 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 shorter animated Grinch movie. That's a I really enjoyed yeah. that. Charlie Brown Christmas is good. That's a good one. And Love Love Actually, I used to watch every year at Christmas. It got a little much after a while. Yeah, I, I, I've been forced to watch that every year. And like I, I went into it being a traditional thing, really liking the movie. And now sometimes it's challenging. But I try not to hold it against the movie. You know what? And more against the psychopaths that forced me to watch it. You know, the one takes place around Christmas is um, Bridget Jones, doesn't it? Doesn't Bridget Jones because they have the, the the Christmas sweater thing going on in that scene? Uh, sure. I I think. I don't remember that movie at all. I probably saw that when I was eight. <laughs> well, let's, let's petition. Let's swap out Love Actually with Bridget Jones. They both have Hugh Grant and Colin Firth. I don't know what else you need. Do you... Yeah, that's that's everybody. That's all the English <laughs> actors, folks. Well, that's, that's those are all the ones that cross over between those two. I think. Mm, I don't remember Bridget Jones at all, man. Oh, it was, it was good. I enjoyed that movie. Did they all take place? Because there's like five of them now, right? It's Br- Bridget Jones's Diary, Bridget Jones's Secret, Bridget Jones's Secret Baby, <laughs> Bridget Jones's Stolen Car. What was the fifth one? Um, oh, that was uh, Bridget Jones and the Temple of Tomorrow. Yes, yes, that was a good one. That, that was that was the sci-fi one. Yeah, I like that it was really branching genres. Yeah, well, it's just it it was we wanted more Renee Zellweger and just whatever we could find for her to do. It was that beautiful <laughs> time in the, the early two thousands where we just wanted more Renee Zellweger all the time. Yeah, she really did disappear. It's a bit of a shame. I don't. Did anyone hate her? Who who was out to get Renee? I don't. Renee, call me. She, well, she did. Um, I'll, didn't I'll she do that thing? Didn't she do that Judy Garland thing this year with Netflix? Uh, I'm gonna take your word for it. Mm. I, I don't know anything about it other than she was in it. You want to you talk about some games? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some games. All right. Well, let's get started with our showcase. And uh, Brent, why don't you start with, um. The game, why can't I think of what it's called? <laughs> nice, Andy, it's Judgment. <laughs> That's it. Or or, or in Japan, it's known as Judge Eyes. It's from Ryuga Gotoku. I think I got that correct. Um, the studio that's named after the Yakuza series, which is known as Ryuga Gotoku in Japan, which means like a dragon. You've got in a lot of history in tonight, boys. <laughs> judgment. <laughs> So, Judgment's the first non-Yakuza game that they've made. They've made Yakuza 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 0, and 6. So that's seven fucking Yakuza games. And they're also releasing Yakuza 7 next year. Judgment is the first game that they've released that wasn't one of those games. Judgment takes place in the same open world area. It's a um, sub-area of Japan, or not Japan, of Tokyo. A a fictional sub-area that is very similar to... uh, Kabuchiko in Shinjuku, as in it's like sort of, sort of like a nightlife area, sort of riddled with, you know, suspect elements. I guess you would say like that's basically where the yakuza roam around, and there's a lot of you know sex trade and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you you don't get a, a, sen- a huge sense of the underworld with this game. 
Um, whereas in the other games, which are literally called the Yakuza in the United States, you are playing either as a Yakuza or a former Yakuza. So you're sort of always fully immersed in the under underbelly of this area. In Judgment, you are playing a private detective, a former lawyer, and it's a pretty story-heavy game. Um, it's, as you can expect from a detective game, it's a bit of a mystery bit of actual, like, doing detective stuff, which is not a very popular genre of video games because it sounds a lot cooler when you're reading it in a book <laughs> or watching it in a movie, and I'll get to that pretty soon. Ooh. But the things it does pretty well are the same sort of the, along the lines of the stuff that they do really well in the Yakuza games, which is like the action and the over-the-top storytelling. Everything, the DNA of this game should make it a detective game is usually where it falls flat. When you're in the open world, there's, for whatever reason, every other person is trying to fight you. Um, so when you're on your way to like try and you know, find clues for your case or wrap something up an investigation. Random dudes will just come at you in the street and be like, hey, you look like a tough boy, let's fight. And you're like, I'm a, just a detective, man. Can you fucking leave me alone? <laughs> so, it, like, in the, that aspect, it really felt like they just wanted to shoehorn a lot of the Yakuza combat into it. And it's not the exact same combat. They They really did add a lot of new stuff in from the Yakuza games. I've only played Yakuza 6 and the 1 remake, um, so I can only compare it to those two, and I'll try not to make too many comparisons, because otherwise I won't look at this as its own game, but yeah, there was just a lot of stuff that didn't make sense for a detective game to have. There, they, it, it, The best way I could put it is it's sort of a bipolar game that wants to be a detective game but also forces you to be a fighting game forces it to be a fighting game because it's not like it's just in the open world where you have combat it's also um in story missions in side quest missions um you have you have a final boss you have a, a pre-final boss like it's it's not just moments to like push along the action where you're just a super strong detective who, you know, has to, you know, punch some bitches sometime. It's very much like you're a fucking superhero, but also a lawyer, but also a detective. And how bad do you feel about your life? Whoever's playing this game? I'm like, pretty bad. I'm, I'm essentially nothing. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it has a lot of mechanics, has a lot of mini games, uh, some two things that are quintessential for the judgment or the Yakuza series. Um, and yeah, we'll probably touch base on a lot of other stuff, so I'll let you get to some questions. Now, gameplay-wise, is it... Does it divert... Other than the detective bits, does it mm -hmm. generally stay with the kind of more open-ended story, go from place to place, like the, that style of gameplay that you had in the Yakuza games, or is it veered away from that? Yes, yes. So, it, I'll... <sighs> You have a lot of free time between missions. Um, most most of the main story stuff isn't so urgent that you it like it breaks the tension entirely, and it's like, oh no, I have to chase down this murderer. But first, I'm gonna go, you know, go talk to some cam girls. Like, 
it, they do they do a pretty good job of being like, all right, I should really talk to this guy uh, at some point and get some more information because like nobody's life's on the line. Um, and then you could roam around town. There's truly a ton of stuff to do. One of the notes I said is this game could easily be called Side Quest the Game. <laughs> um, because most of my game time probably came from Side Quests. If I rushed just the storyline, it probably would have only been 15 hours. If I, But I didn't, and it took about 45 hours for me to beat the game. Are the Side Quests like... Do they feel related to what you, to the main storyline? Are they completely unrelated? Like, how, how do those work in story-wise? Almost entirely completely unrelated. You have two sort of side quest mechanics, which are side cases, which are more quote-unquote detective-oriented, but it's usually just like you have to use one of the the detective mechanics in the game. Okay. Which could be like uh, doing the chase scenes, which are like part chasing and QTE quick time event um, could be part um, uh, the not the escort following missions where you just have to tail tail where you tail people well, why don't you why don't um, you go into those because like you say you're going to go into them why don't you go more into the uh, the detective side of things yeah there, there's a few interesting mechanics that actually make it a detective game. Um, the the chase scene was the only one that I genuinely thought felt really good. They would it was sort of like a rail runner, like almost like what you would get on a cell phone, or you're swiping left and right. Oh, like one of those like was, chase the sun kind of games. Yeah, exactly. So you would. Uh, it wasn't as like three lane. I, I haven't played Chase the Sun, so I don't know if this comparison holds. But it's it, you basically were like dodging cones, using QTE to like jump over people and like avoid crowds and stuff like that. Um, but it, it felt really good, and I think a lot of that was just like it was fast paced and like the action didn't really slow down a lot. Uh, the tailing was the worst, which I think is true in every fucking. Tailing's game not fun. Then you just stop adding it to games. It, exactly that's my point exactly there it's not fun it's even worse in this game because random people that would have no reason to be followed will turn around for 10 seconds and be like is someone following me and like stare down the road looking for someone following them even though you've given no sign that there was someone following them it's completely like it'll be like a housewife that the a husband suspects of cheating on them and she will just turn on a dime and be like What's going on down here? And look for ten seconds. So just just to artificially happening. add tension. Yeah, exactly. Just wasting time. There's there's a cool sort of um, magnetic mechanic where you can sort of uh, dive into cover. Like there's there's no cover in the entire franchise other than this. But you'll you'll sort of see these blue squares uh, if you're within range of them, and you can dive into them. And if you're there, you can see them, and they won't see you. Kind of interesting, okay. um, but also like blending in the old Assassin's Creed games felt a lot better than that. Oh, the, yeah, that's right. I was trying to figure, out, trying to remember what the term for that was then. Yeah, blend, blending felt a lot more natural. Honestly, there's there's lock picking. There's the worst mechanic in all of games in the history of all of games. Are you ready for this? Uh, I am. I'm ready for so this? excited because there's so many contenders for that title. There's a mini game where you have to manage a key ring. And you have to select <laughs> no, the key, no. the correct key, every time you want to enter a door that requires that key. No. You, it, it's never automated. No, you don't. 
I'm I'm not making this no, up. No, 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 no. That's idiotic. No one if would you, put that in the game. That's that's the opposite of fun. If you go to your office at night and it's locked, your character doesn't automatically know what key opens his own office. Oh god. I'm frustrated too. Because well, I had to deal with it. there's a mecha- there's <laughs> there's a trait you could buy into later on that highlights the key that you have to use so you don't have to actually memorize which key it is, but you still have to select the fucking key. Oh my god. <laughs> I could I can't believe it was a real thing. Why do they let people who hate it. games make games? I I don't know. This was Truly a psychopath that developed this. Um, that that was most of the... Um, I guess so you, you can get into investigation mode as well, which is just first-person view, and you can zoom into certain areas on the ground and stuff, and if you're looking at the right place, you can in- inspect it. Um, not, not so out of the ordinary. It's sort of like um, exactly like the, the secret objects sort of games, except in like third-person view in a third-person game okay (laughs) yeah 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 okay i I would again recommend trading into that because it'll the controller will vibrate if you're looking at the right thing because a lot of times you it's not like you're it's two-dimensional you can walk around and look at a bunch of different things and then you're just you're just there all day gotcha anyway next question (laughs) oh gosh okay all right no that's fine (laughs) how was the story did you um, feel invested? Hmm. Well, sort of. The I think I would have been more invested if there wasn't so much side content because it just distracted me constantly. Um, I liked the main story. I thought it was pretty interesting. It it revolves around uh, a serial killings, um, which most mysteries do, but it sort of gets super escalated later on and there's involvement with this like the development of a super secret drug and i'll leave it at that but it 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 gets it gets pretty intriguing i guess would be the term probably not the term i'm gonna say it's the term intriguing Um, intriguing it's it's there's a lot of um political intrigue and a lot of um just uh, there's a lot of Yakuza interactions as well, even though it's not a Yakuza game. There's a lot of so, Yakuza in this when game. When you say intrigue, you mean like, like, a, like a thriller film? Yes. Yeah, sort of. Like, there, there's a lot of... There's a lot of politics to, like, every sort of different group you're dealing with. Like, there's a lot of twists and turns. Like, you'll, you'll talk to one Yakuza guy, then another Yakuza guy will be like, well, this is why I'm really into it. And you're like, gasp, it all makes sense now. And then it doesn't okay. actually make any sense because <laughs> they reveal some more details later on. It, it, it's pretty, it's interesting. It's pulpy as hell. Um, there's there's just enough absurdity to it that it doesn't completely pull you out. But also you're like, why is there a fanged BDS, BDSM man attacking me in this this sex dungeon where the secret lab is. Why is this happening? And no one ever explains it to you, but you're still pretty, pretty excited that it's happening. Nonetheless. You know I mean, I'm I mean? excited just hearing about it. Yeah. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have any pants on. Nice. Nice. I don't know why he has fangs either. I don't know what's going on. He's very strong. <laughs> I know. You told him to get him a bit slower. <laughs> 
This sounds like a good game. <laughs> is that what you're taking away from this? I, well, I am. It sounds like it's... I've never played any of the Yakuza games. So I've only had other people's descriptions of them and watching videos and let's plays of them. And they all look really cool. This set Yakuza with some detective exploration element uh, it sounds like it's a it's a interesting diversion interesting something that goes in an interesting direction so is this something i'm just supposed to start foaming at the mouth and retort to or is there a question to this <laughs> no 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 i, I this i know th i know the way that you're i'm trying not to lead into my thing at all but this sound this oh. sounds like an interesting game this sounds like a a game that took an interesting chance with a formula. I will I will say that I was excited about the premise, um, but not the execution. If any of what I've been saying sounds interesting at all, check out the Yakuza games. Don't play this game. Okay. Um, that, there's, that... there's a lot of negatives that I have to note before we move on. Fair warning. Well, why don't you do some of those? Because I think I'm probably, even, even as you described it's not great execution, I'm still imagining like Yakuza mixed with a bit of um, the the investigation stuff from L.A. Noir. Yeah, that, and that, that's like that's I, how I have I, it I in my head as like you know the walking around and investigating things on the ground, talking to people like that. That's kind of that's where it's coming up in my head. So disavow me of that. Yeah, I I, I must have understated just how annoying a lot of the mecha <laughs> the mechanics are because or maybe maybe well, it's not. How maybe here's a better question: How much of the game is things like tailing, chasing, and investigation? Uh, tailing is probably a good fifteen percent of the game. Okay, that sounds Com that's combat not great. <laughs> Combat's probably about a good thirty-five percent. Cutscenes are probably about a good forty percent. Okay, I'm getting a better picture and, now. And then ten percent is just other stuff. Some of it good. <laughs> I. I, I really like being in this world, and it's like it comes, like as someone who really liked Yakuza Six, I was really excited to come into this world again. But it definitely felt like they had branched off the before Yakuza Six came out, and this they're using a branch that wasn't that full release. Um, so a lot of the features that were in Yakuza and a lot of the buildings that were in Yakuza just aren't in this one. So it's like you're playing in a game that's somehow older than Yakuza 6, but came out way later. Okay. Um, okay. See, th this is, I, this, and maybe you, maybe I was just sitting here staring off into space, but I, I, I didn't, I didn't get that kind of impression from your initial description. It's, okay. It sounded, well, uh, maybe I was just filling in blanks in a more favorable way. I haven't gotten to the... Not the not the shittiest mechanic of all time, but the most frustrating mechanic of all well, time. Well, let's hear the most frustrating mechanic of all time. More frustrating than that other one you told us about? Yeah. Uh, it's, well, that was just annoying. This is truly frustrating. In the game, there's a bleed mechanic. So if somebody uses a power attack on you or shoots you with a gun, which doesn't happen often, you get this uh, bleed effect where you just can't heal up to full anymore. Okay. And so if you get hit by a strong enemy and they combo you, they will do half of your health and then you will lose half of your bar and then you will just die. Um, so this, this bleed thing doesn't go away unless you go to one specific doctor in the sewers 
<laughs> on the very northeast side of the map. Okay. Which, and this is a map that takes like five minutes to run across, like from like top to bottom. And you ask him to heal you, and it costs a tremendous amount of money, like like five hundred U.S. dollars equivalent, which would be cheap in America. Well, yeah, to be fair, yeah. if you were bleeding, but in Japan, it's preposterous money. And the only way you can heal portably is if you buy these much more expensive items that you can only hold a handful of. So if you're like me and you're doing the very last portion of the game and there's a bunch of bosses and you only have a handful of these packs and they're just punching the shit out of you and making you bleed out to death and you have no health because you half of your bar's just gone, then, you know, it's a recipe for a good time. Yeah, that sounds horrible. That... That it sounds like the opposite so of fun. Frustrating. I don't know why they thought this mechanic was a good idea. In the Yakuza games, like I, I get it, Kiryu's like basically a god Jesus from the Nether Realms or whatever. That's not actually canon, but like it might as well be because he has superpowers. Right. Um, but he, none of that ever happens. You just get like things do more damage than other things. Not. And the evade mechanics in this game aren't good enough. It's not like Dark Souls where you can do fucking iframe things. If you're in the middle of a combo, you cannot avoid getting fucking dumpstered by one of these power combos. And then if you're lucky, you have some health at the end of it. Ugh. I was quite frustrated. I, I just why would they have made that decision for like? Are you, is it a game where you're supposed to be avoiding combat? Well, that's what I started doing because I didn't enjoy combat at all, and it would also be risky and cost me a lot of money. Because eventually, even though they make a point of pointing out that guns are very much illegal in Japan, people on the the street would just have guns all the time and shoot me and then cause this bleed effect. And I'd be like, it's fucking daytime. You're shooting. You don't even know me. Who are you <laughs> shooting me? Like, it, the whole justification was like some of them were gangs and some of them were just punchy guys that wanted to get into a fight. And those punchy guys were just pulling out illegal firearms and shooting you. You're like, what is this game? Japan sounds like a rough place, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's get through the rest of the negatives, because this list is mostly negative. Oh, sure. So there's, like, kind of a crafting portion of the game, but it they just throw the items all over the place. So you'll be running, and then there will be, like, an item in the middle of, like, 15 bicycles. So you have to run over the bicycles to get the item. Stuff like that. They're all worthless, and I think I, cra I only crafted things as part of a, a uh, friendship quest. Um, but they're fucking everywhere. Like, it, it, it ruins the entire fucking, like, everything. Like, it, it's like those huge beams of light that stick out of the ground, and you can't miss them. But they're, ev they're every five fucking feet, Andrew. <laughs> it, it, re it really ruins the setting. Like, I cannot... <laughs> not emphasize this enough half of the cutscenes in the main story are just reiterating the previous scene so you'll go and you'll do something interesting and then it'll be like all right let's re regroup back at the office or at the law office or at some other office and then everyone will go back and like let's talk about exactly what just happened and then they will describe exactly what just happened like i wasn't paying any fucking attention is this like some kind of like tax scam or something where they like they just they needed to embezzle money, so they got all of their friends to be in various cutscenes over and over and over again. Is this like a, like an Adam Sandler movie thing? It really, really must be. 
The best part is they don't give you... They'll recap every chapter. Like, they won't give you an opportunity to leave the game. So you'll save, and then it'll start recapping the thing that you just finished playing. Oh, it won't be why? like, you, do you want to stop and exit? Yeah, why? Why, Andy? Why did they do that? <laughs> I don't know. It hurts me. I, I, I think I've covered most of it. Pluses... The friendship side quests are sometimes pretty funny. One of them, one of the, the side cases was super tone deaf. One girl comes to you and she says that she's being sexually harassed. Okay. And then it cuts to your main character staring at her tits. Okay. And then he's like, I'll take the case. And then he stares at her tits again. And then she walks away. And you're like, oh, no, Me Too hasn't happened in Japan. Mm, oh, gross. That's not. So I didn't. That, I didn't. That was pretty late in the game. I didn't finish that one. I got pretty, pretty mad at that point. Well, you've definitely, Something. you've definitely pretty fun dissuaded me from believing it's a good game. I, I can promise you that. You, I'm, be, just play Yakuza games. Yeah. They, this game has the, the heart of Yakuza, but the body of Dick Cheney. <laughs> and the, even the heart, uh, a good heart can't sustain the body of Dick Cheney for too long. Exactly. Exactly my point. <laughs> so you would not recommend this game to anyone? I don't think I could recommend this game to anyone. Um, people, I, I still finished it, so maybe people that fucking love Yakuza and were like, I really want to play this. Go in knowing that this is not as good as any Yakuza game. I mean, so, at that point, you may be better playing that Fist of the North Star game they did last year instead. Yeah. Like, I heard that was really oh, good. Oh, yeah, they did that one too, huh? I forgot about that. And I heard that was a really good game. Yeah, I did too. So, there, there you go. If, if, you're, if you only played one Yakuza, play the other six Yakuza games and the Fist of the North Star game before you play this. Harsh. Yeah. I've, I've been playing this game slowly since August, fair warning, so it's not like it didn't have time to grow on me. It, 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 quite the opposite happened. You gave it every opportunity. I, more than every. <laughs> I gave it my heart and soul. <laughs> Alright, should we talk about Shenmue 3? Well, I mean, talk about games that need a history lesson. <laughs> Hit me. So, back in 1999, Shenmue <laughs> comes out for the Dreamcast, which was also released in 99. And Shenmue, I played a little bit. Not a lot back then, because I didn't own a Dreamcast at the time, but I spent a lot of time at my friend's house. He had a Dreamcast. He had Shenmue. We played it. It seemed pretty cool. There was these things that, like, where you had to hit button prompts when they came up on screen. We call them quick time events now. That was kind of cool. You know? They had these things where you had to be at a certain place at a certain time of day. So, like, you'd go to go and talk to some guy about where you can find sailors and you're like oh you can't talk to steve about where to find sailors he's not here till seven o'clock like, oh well i guess i'll just kind of <laughs> fiddle fuck around till seven o'clock then um because it wasn't until shenmue 2 in 2001 when they added the ability to like skip forward in time so you just had to real time uh -oh. piss about until it was seven o'clock you talk to steve and ask him where sailors are but, you know, you still, you went around, you drove a forklift around as your job, you earned a little bit of money, you played some little gacha games and collect little gacha. It was cool. It was cool. 2001, Shenmue 2 comes out. Oh, and Shenmue 99, original Shenmue, sold like one point some odd million copies. Did well. <laughs> Visually wow. striking game. 
Shenmue 2 comes out two years later. Uh, Yu Suzuki talks about this being, uh, he's the developer of the game. This was an 11-part series that this is supposed to be. Uh, 16. Oh, well, you know, every time. It's, it's like telling a story about a fish. <laughs> okay. You know, this is, we're, we're in, in, in a two years' time, it'll be a 300-part for the Old Testament of, of Shenmue. New Testament's going to be a whole different thing. <laughs> Um, we get to we get to 2001. Shenmue 2 comes out. It sells a hundred and some odd thousand copies. So doesn't sound like anyone actually wanted it, but that's fine. It's got its a little little core little base of fans. About a tenth of who had it the last time. And I didn't play Shenmue 2, but camp for Dreamcast, camp for Xbox. Uh, and then Dreamcast dies. Xbox succeeds. Shenmue goes away because it's it's not a good game and no one's making money off of it and it doesn't make doesn't make sense to make another one because it doesn't make sense to make another one um very generous yeah I'm, I'm just trying to i'm trying to be real here and give give the right amount of thing <laughs> e3 2015 we've jumped ahead 14 years and sony brings out yu suzuki and he's like i'm gonna make shenmue 3 and everyone's super fucking psyched and they raise, they do a Kickstarter, and they raise like millions. It was the fastest funded Kickstarter at the time. Raised like three million dollars in seventy-two hours, something ridiculous like that. Oh wow! And then, um, Sony's pitching in money. Deep Silver is pitching in money. Who the fuck else put money in this? I think a, a couple of different. Um, Chinese publishers put money money in this. Epic paid yeah. for it to be an exclusive. Sega. S- yeah, Sega Sego. put money up for this. Millions of dollars went into this game of Shenmue 3. And if you look at it, you have no idea where that money went. Because it's... <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think I figured it out. Because history lesson again. We're going to go all the way back to 1995. And we're going to talk about a man called Jerry O'Connell. You know Jerry O'Connell? I, yeah, I fucking know Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> you know John Reese davies Uh, yeah, from Tudors. You remember a little show called Sliders? Oh, yeah, I remember Sliders. Yeah, bro. so Yu Suzuki, clearly inspired by the film Sliders, 1995, with Jerry O'Connell, spends eight to nine million dollars of my estimation to build a dimension to use wormholes to slide into a parallel universe where the dreamcast succeeded and dreamcast 2 releases april 2002 (laughs) and in 2003 shenmue 3 comes out in the dreamcast 2 because it's the only explanation he goes over there into this parallel universe. He just takes Shenmue 3 and he comes back to 2019 America in our universe, prime universe, and he releases it. It's the only explanation as to how they released a game that seems like the people involved hadn't played a single game since Shenmue 2. Because there's just nothing. There's no. It's a bad game, is what I'm saying. <laughs> All of that lead up, it is a bad game. I, I'm I'm going to be completely upfront I, about this. I played three hours. I can't get my money back. What do you do in the game, Andy? What is the what is the game? <laughs> the game. And you, what makes it fun? I don't know. He here's something about you, Suzuki, <laughs> that you need to know. You, Suzuki, has little interest in playing video games. This is something that he has said. Oh. This is not me hypothesizing this is something that he has said 
in interviews that he has little interest in playing video games. He likes making them, and he clearly loves his story about Ryu and these mirrors and going around to places and doing nothing. <laughs> what are the mirrors? What do they what do they represent? The game oh Are they magic? Someone wants a Phoenix mirror. I don't know why. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean is a great question. And I asked myself that, and I asked the game that (laughs) often when stuff would come on screen and people people would ask you really stupid questions or say to Ryu, you look like a cool guy with a bad boy vibe out of nowhere. (laughs) What do you mean? Why are you saying this to me? And then Ryu would just come back with, I see. <laughs> like, what else do you say to that? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so the gameplay is you walking around this town of Bailu with a bunch of people that you can talk to. And it, it, it is impressive how, almost like an old adventure game, anytime a new thing comes up that you need to talk to people about, you can go to each person and ask them about this thing. And they will have their responses. The responses are written by people from space. And they're acted out by (laughs) Siri and Microsoft Sam in just the most deadpan flat thing. (laughs) The writing is so bad. It's... mm, I'm coming apart at the seams. I don't know what direction to go with in talking about this. You go around and you talk to people. You're trying to figure out, from what I played, you're trying to figure out stonemasons. Stonemasons have been targeted by these thugs that came into this town. And your friend, Shenhua, whose father is missing and was a stonemason, she's taking you to her village. And this village that has an arcade in it. And they spent the time to, like, recreate arcade games. Not real arcade games, like Space Harrier or some shit, but, like punching bags and whack-a-mole and this thing where you're turning a wheel and dry- moving a car left and right on a little barrel with a road painted on it. Oh, what a oh God. I can't... The idea that money was spent to recreate an analog arcade amusement in a video game so you can earn tickets for prizes. <laughs> I, I'm like shaking. With, with just frustration. <laughs> you go around and you're trying to figure out who these thugs are, why they're targeting stonemasons, where... Sh- um, I want to keep on calling her Shenmue. Uh, <laughs> where Shenwa's father has gone. Wanna, you want to avenge the death of your father, who I think died at the beginning of Shenmue 1. I don't really remember, because it was 16 fucking years... No, not 16. <laughs> 20 years ago. 20 years <laughs> Fucking freshen up, Yeah, bro. I can't even do the math. It's 20 fucking years ago, and no one cares about this game series. It's... <laughs> uh, you walk around towns, you talk to people, they say nothing to you, they speak their weird space dialogue that's acted horribly. <laughs> you can do all these little mini-games, like chopping blocks of wood, or punching a straw fighting man. You know, like, you see people in kung fu movies where they're punching the guys made out of straw to practice their kung fu because their kung fu is better than your kung fu. Like, just that. <laughs> doing different horse stances where you where you have to kneel down but don't kneel down too far like you're doing yoga. Like, this isn't games. This isn't what a None of this is fun. 
I don't want to spend time chopping wood. Do you remember the chopping wood mini games in Fable? And oh like, yeah, that was pretty. And easy. you do them until the the first point where you had enough money to to complete that first quest objective that required it, and never go back to them yep. again. Because oh, yeah. they literally. were such a waste of time and not fun. Mm-hmm. You Suzuki clearly saw that and thought, but what if that was the game though? What if that was everything? <laughs> what if, what if what if you earned up you, you you leveled up and earned your combat techniques by just going to a dojo and having the same conversation with people and then say, Well, I think you're a good fight for Red Tiger and you go fight Red Tiger and you do the same tornado kick move eight times in a row with their stupid little quick time event combo system and then oh you beat him well do you want to go again okay now i think you're good enough for blue tiger or black tiger oh it's i can think of so many games that did any of these things better this clearly was just a a, a step forward from shenmue 2 nothing else No, no game inspiration in there which is why i guess you know judgment sounded phenomenal to me why it sounded at first like this amazing game because it doesn't sound like it has space dialogue it doesn't sound like the main character's animations walk like he desperately needs to take a shit all the time <laughs> no the animations are the animation team in judgment is honestly on point especially with how many different fucking cutscenes they had to do which is borderline infinite so i will praise them if, there if you also i will say they're, the mini games are very good in Judgment. Um, they actually have Sega arcade games because it's produced by mm. Sega. So you get a ton of those, and there's no tickets or anything. So just just go and play if you want or don't. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> when when the investigation in Shenmue Three, you have to. Uh, th- there's a point where you have to search a room, and you have to manually search every drawer in the room. Well, you're just describing Red Dead. You walk over to the drawer and you kind of go into this first person mode to look and the drawer is highlighted and then you walk over to it and you select it and the camera zooms in and then the hand reaches out and then it pulls the drawer open and then you look at each individual item in the drawer. Then you pull the close the drawer and then the camera zooms back out again 30 times. Oh, it's so dumb. You definitely just <laughs> described the opposite of fun it's right just, there. It's not. I. I don't know how people making this game tested it and thought, yeah, this is a good way to do investigation of a room. This is fun. (laughs) Because I've never played... I didn't play any of the Arkham games that had any kind of investigation. I didn't play a fucking Phoenix Wright game. Or um, what the (laughs) hell is the one where you're you're a ghost solving your own murder that no one played? Oh, Murdered Murdered Soul Soul Suspect. Suspect. Yeah, like that game. I never played fucking Secret of Monkey Island. Like, there's so many games that... <laughs> what was the one uh, where you beat up bums in a sewer and did investigated crimes for the Xbox? Uh, Condemned Criminal Origins. Remember uh, that one? Oh, okay. Oh, no, the, there's so many investigation games that have done this in a way that's, if not more fun... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was it. Like, they were just crazy bums in a sewer and they'd fight you. And you had to do, like, investigate. It was a weird game. It's very weird. <laughs> but, like, there's... There's so many games that have done every aspect of Shenmue 3 correctly. And this is just like, well, we're not going to do any of that because... (laughs) I haven't played a video game since 2000. God, and again, the dialogue. Have you seen Mr. Yuen? I don't know anything. I see. 
<laughs> I don't know anything. Generally speaking, or about Mr. UN? I just said I don't know anything. End of conversation. I don't know anything. I see. Done. Okay. Okay. Well, was was there was there one good line of dialogue in the game? Can you name a single? Oh one? God, I, I like. Did you feel for anybody? I didn't. I didn't. They they are all. There was one woman in a field who keeps trying to flirt with you. And because her voice actor actually kind of had a little bit of energy to it, it only made Shenhua and Ryu's dialogue seem so much more stilted and artificial. Uh. It, the voice actor for him is so bad. I think I may I was trying to explain it to you previously. Like, you took every line of dialogue, sorted them alphabetically, and then recorded them each individually. With, so there's no context to conversation. <laughs> you can't put any inflection anywhere. So just... Just, Am I just, Yeah, I was born there. No, it's the name of an area. <laughs> really? What's the attraction? It gets really quiet at night. Like, it's just... Everything is disconnected. <laughs> it's so... Bad. I couldn't get through more than three hours. So, so what What did they do with all I that money? I don't know. At least with Death Stranding, you could be like, well, you know, Mads Mikkelsen costs money. Norman Reedus costs money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the money went to in this, because it's it's not to animations. The mouth movement is gross, like a PS2 game. Like it's just mouth goes up and down, kind of with the dialogue. Oh yeah, and not even in like a yeah. the dubbing. You know, it was originally the mouth mouth movements were were tied to original Japanese dialogue or whatever. Like this is just lips just slapping, lips slapping on, lips. on lips. Mouth opening and closing. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad that I didn't get to any parts where people like made out or anything. Oh God! Does I, that I don't know. I don't know, and I will not find out. Oh, it's best not to know. There's when you open and look at like your your quest notes and things like that. They have that late two thousands thing where it's an actual notebook that you flip pages through, and it's a oh. lined notebook. And the it's fucking hard to read. <laughs> well, what makes it better is. What you wrote doesn't line up with the lines. What the fuck are you saying to me right now? <laughs> like, this is definitely a fever dream. There's no way this is it's, a real. It's game. like when you that, you're building something in like an image in Photoshop and everything lines up perfectly, and then you change the font and now nothing lines up properly. Like that's what it looks <laughs> like. Like you, he's looking at an address, like his page with addresses and numbers on it, and none of them line up on the lines. So it just. It either looks like the cheapest made game, or like Ryu's insane. Like he's got a line notebook and he refuses <laughs> to write in the lines like a psychopath. He's, he's centering all of his letters on the line itself. It's just like, how did no one see that? They're strung like how garland. How did no one look at that oh and say god. like, oh god, that looks horrible. We should f we should just take the time to, to align that. Or just get rid of the lines of the page, so then it's not a problem. <laughs> so I assume they used all that money, and then they bought humans for their QA team as a pretense, and then they just <laughs> ate them. <laughs> and then they just had a fuck orgy in their blood, because where... What, why else did any of this happen? Maybe they purchased the digital rights to China for this game. Like, I don't know what the hell happened, <laughs> but it's it looks and feels like a game from 2002. 
which would be fine if it was made by a tiny team that didn't have a budget. But this was the fastest, yeah. one of the most profitable Kickstarters of all time. Yeah, this was on the, the Sony stage at E3. <laughs> it raised $7.1 million. Not including well, what Sony and Deep Silver and other publishers put in. Just through Kickstarter. So, were, were there any good minigames? <laughs> Most of my questions are Yeah, now. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I, I kind of went off more than I meant to, but it just, this has been inside me for like the last week, and <laughs> like, my wife doesn't care. You know, which is which is <laughs> correct. Which is the correct attitude to take. Uh, and, and the answer uh, is no. There are no fun mini games. There are mini games, oh but God. they're not because so many of these have been done. I, I played through this. I'm like, man, Sleeping Dogs did so much of this stuff better. The the going through the tiered combat was a lot of it. a lot more fun. Sleeping Dogs is an amazing game. Yeah, I, I miss that game. It's so good. It's so. This game just there's no yeah. reason for this game to exist. None of the mini games were fun. Is, is there a Cam Girl mini game? Because if not, then it's definitely worse than the Yakuza <laughs> series. I would question as to how they got a Cam Girl out in this rural village in China. But again, <laughs> they had an arcade with whack a mole machines and other things that, and, and ticket dispensers. <laughs> and then you go to a place to trade in your tokens to get. Like, there are just people in this village that have fun fair booths set up. To play little games and get tickets and trinkets, which doesn't make sense. It doesn't oh, need to be there. It's the fair is just there well, all the time. It's not. It's not like a fun fair. It's just like imagine that down the road from you, there was a guy whose job was running a uh, a dunking booth in his front lawn all year round, every day. Oh. Like how weird of an idea that what is. A sad existence. <laughs> How excited are you for Shenmue 4? <laughs> you go up to little kids and you're like, hey, I'm trying to solve this crime. Or is it, Hi, I'm looking for stonemasons. I'll <laughs> tell you if you can catch us. And then they go play hide and seek and you have to find them. It's like, well, what the it, fuck? You just assume these children know about stonemasons? Listen masons? here, you little shit. I'm investigating a murder <laughs> or a disappearance. Like, just tell me where the stonemasons live. <laughs> where they all congregate. <laughs> Just fucking tell me. I don't want to play games with you. Oh my god. It doesn't sound very good. <laughs> You've definitely taken any interest out of out of me. Have I have I gotten this. that across, the not goodness of it? <laughs> if, if you have any extra comments about how ungood no, it is. No, I I got it time. all out. Okay. If it Sorry, I No, it's okay. That. I would I would recommend this to people uh, I'd recommend that the people who crowdfunded the game play this game, because I want <laughs> realize. Yeah, I, well, and maybe they'll have fun with it. Maybe they will. They won't. But maybe they will, and they can see the dangers of this type of crowdfunding. And maybe we'll all learn something. <laughs> all right, where are you gonna, where are you gonna rank this? I've thing? actually given this some thought before the episode, and I think I'm gonna rank it. At number 30, above the Division 2. Above the Division 2? <laughs> let, me, let me explain my reasoning here. Because I don't believe that anything that Yu Suzuki and his team did here was intentionally bad. The Division 2 is a cynical game that is made with a lot of intentionally bad 
decisions for monetization and just Ubisoft should know better than the division two Shenmue (laughs) three, I believe was made in earnest entirely incorrectly, but like it's, I feel like it's the different, and this, this is going to sound so patronizing, so I'm just going to run with it. Um, it's like the difference between going to a restaurant and getting bad food and my son making me a crayon sandwich. Is is the like overcooked steak and cheese worse than a crayon sandwich to eat? No, obviously I'd rather eat the steak and cheese than the crayon sandwich. But my son <laughs> earnestly made me a crayon sandwich. He really wanted me to like this crayon sandwich, and he wanted me to, to enjoy it. <laughs> and then he fought back. Yeah, the tears. he wanted me to enjoy this sandwich, and and so like I, the division two is worse because I don't. It's nothing but <laughs> it's it's just so cynical. It's so cynical and and corporate designed and gross. Whereas Shenmue Three is just bad, 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 bad. <laughs> you know, you know what this is. Here's a better <laughs> That's example. It's a good comparison. Shenmue Three is the room, and the Division Two is John Carter of Mars. <laughs> That's it. Like. John Carter. That's that's a better analogy. Yeah. John We've all moved on from Everyone John Carter. involved in John Carter in the financing of that decision making, they all knew better. They all knew what they were doing. Oh god. That was like pre-Marvel Disney yeah. too. I just hadn't figured out movies just yet. Whereas Shenmue 3 is is a of I want to say a vanity project, but it's someone's passion vanity project. It's it's you yeah. gave someone who was going to make the room eight million dollars to make the room, but it, but it's still <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's why I think Shenmue Three is not as bad as the Division Two. Well, that's that's an interesting take. That's my thought. <laughs> where, where are you going to throw judgment? I'm going to put it just above Rage Two, which <laughs> is only three spaces above Shenmue. I, I you know what. I'm going to say put it above Wolfenstein Youngblood. Okay. All right. It's above Wolfenstein. I'm going to say put... At number 27. Because uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood really... Hmm. Like, some part of me liked this game, but most of me was just in a hot rage while I was playing it. So, uh, while you're updating that, I'm going to quickly <laughs> reach into our mailbag here and pull out some more listener feedback. Okay. Oh. Um, yep. Please. We have none. Still. Uh <laughs> just just hint hint to everyone out there um hit us up on all of our social media i think we have two two social two, two social medias we, we actually have a lot just just search game off yes. podcast and find yeah, us I everywhere think, but mainly yeah, mainly, mainly twitter. twitter check us out talk to us on twitter or comment on soundcloud I, I think we get updates on that too get get at us let us know your feedback if you like shenmue 3 let i guess let us know let, <laughs> Fight, yeah. fight us, IRL. <laughs> Not IRL. I can't. I can't take a punch. <laughs> I can barely take a glare. Uh, would you refer to yourself as in uh, the Ring Fed episode it's a a human rice yeah. bag? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're we're going to be live tweeting the Game Awards uh, this week, which means by the time <laughs> this comes out, it will have already happened. But check check it out retro. Let us know how you liked our live tweeting. That we haven't done yet. <laughs> yeah, just, you'll you'll get our stream of consciousness if nothing else. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. Get, goodbye, everyone. I've, I've been, been Arcadia. Solo talker. Have a great time. Bye. Bye.